Welcome to the SMA News Today podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Schaefer. I have SMA Type 2, and I am a columnist and forums director for smanewstoday.com. Welcome to the SMA News Today podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Schaefer. And joining me today is Shaniqua Grandy. She is from Virginia Beach, uh, Virginia, and she is an equal employment opportunity specialist, uh, and uh, which working in law and um, civil rights. So we'll talk more about what she does as the episode goes on. Uh, she has SMA Type Three, and we met at this year's Cure SMA conference. So Shaniqua, thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me, Kevin. Um, I'm so excited to share a little bit of my story and um, how having SMA and faith has, you know, shaped my life and just my journey in general. Absolutely. It's so great to have you today. And we um, will talk all about your story. And um, and just as a note, too, uh, October is National Employment Disability Employment Awareness Month. Um, so, which I forgot to mention during the last episode, um, with, uh, Jose, but, uh, so we'll, and Shaniqua has a really fascinating career, which we'll talk about, um, in addition to the other parts of our story. So, uh, before we get started, if everyone could please listen to a brief word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Genentech, the makers of a treatment for SMA. Whether you're living with SMA or are the parent to a child with SMA, make a choice today that could impact your future. Visit TreatMySMA.com to see why treatment matters. Okay, so Shaniqua, to start off, can you just tell us a little bit about your story when you were diagnosed with SMA and what it was like for you growing up? Yeah, this is very interesting. So um, I was about two and a half years old when I was diagnosed, but let's back up a little bit. So my mother noticed that I was falling a lot. I used to always, you know, hang out with my god sisters. I have like the three, three god sisters. And we used to, my parents used to take us to the park and, and to play on the swings and the monkey bars and, you know, the slide and, you know, things that kids normally do. And my mother noticed that I would, fall a lot and then when I was trying to climb the the monkey bars and things like that I I wouldn't be able to grasp it I would fall a lot and she's like why is why why is she falling a lot and so um after that she you know took me to see a doctor and specifically a neurologist and um at the time they didn't know you know why I was falling a lot. Um, I was experiencing these symptoms because I was walking at a very early age before my, before I was even one. And so the neurologist did a test, they did a biopsy and it came back that I had spinal muscular atrophy, um, type three. It was, like I said, I was two and a half years old. And, um, the doctors didn't know much about SMA at the time because um, I was born in, you know, the late, late 90s or early 90s. <laughs> and so um, they didn't know uh, much about SMA at the time. And so 
as much as they could do, they I went to therapy. Um, I did aquatic therapy to, you know, try to strengthen my muscles. Um, but, you know, it wasn't really, to them, it wasn't really working. You know, it wasn't getting any stronger. And so we, my parents stopped, um, stopped therapy. And then I would just see my neurologist every year. Um, just to check and see how I was doing. Um, and at the time, I was, wasn't was using any assistive devices to walk. Um, but um, eventually, I um, had scoliosis. And so I then got surgery for scoliosis. I was around like oh, 14 years old. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a story from being diagnosed up until around uh, 14. <laughs> okay. That's good. And, um, and you said, so you have God sisters, were those, are those your only siblings or like, what was your family life like growing up? So they're not my blood sisters. They're just my God sisters. Like in, in, sure. in norm, you know, with uh, how my godmothers. And so I have, three sisters, but they're half sisters. So I'm the only child um, by my mother and I am, and I lived um, with my mother and uh, my grandmother at the time. And I didn't, I was, I didn't live with any of my siblings when I'm growing up, but I had a very close cousin that was only four days apart from me. <laughs> She's my very close cousin and um, we grew up together um and of course I grew up with my god sisters so that's kind of how like family life was it was really close family with my god sisters and my my cousins my first cousins my mom and my grandma that's awesome and uh and so you mentioned too in the intro and we we're talking about it before we were reporting about your faith journey and how that coincides with SMA so can you talk more about that and you know um growing up with SMA what kind of uh, the impact it had on you mentally and emotionally? Yeah, of course. So um, for me, I kind of questioned God, like, why me? Um, why with me out of all my family members, no one has SMA. Um, why is it that I had to have SMA? Like, why is it me, God? Um, and then, of course, you know, growing up, sometimes kids can be cruel. So they would, you know, joke you and say, um, you know, evil, nasty things about you. Uh, why are you walking that way? You know, why are you falling a lot? Why can't you run? Why can't you walk up the steps? Or they'll try to trip you <laughs> and see if you can get up. Um, and so I had to do, you know, I had to deal with that. And it was a healing process. And I think for me, it was just having a relationship with God and, you know, and having a tight knit community with church and um, understanding that it's nothing that I did. It's nothing that my parents did. It's nothing that anybody else did to, for me to um, be born with SMA, that I'm still, um, that God still created me. Um, to be who I am, that I am enough, I am special, and that um, he sees me, he loves me, and no matter 
if I have a disability or not, um, I am who I am and that shouldn't, um, that shouldn't affect um, how I'm treated and how I treat others, right? Um, and so that's a healing process, but I, I've got through it. And that's exactly why I want to share my story with others, right? Because I'm pretty sure there's people who are dealing with the same thing. They're maybe questioning God and maybe their relationship with him isn't as strong as it used to be because of how others have treated them. But I don't judge anybody. Everybody's on their own journey and their growth. And I'm just here um, to answer any questions that they have and to just share my story. That's great. I really love that sentiment. And, um, and yeah, it's, it, uh, and I like how you say that about um, you reflecting on kind of the mistreatment you've experienced and then relating it to your own journey. And yeah, that's really beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. And um, and then it transitioning just a little bit. Uh, so, you know, I, like I said in the intro um, and I when I met you this summer, uh, you uh, um, you finished law school and you're now working um, as a lawyer um, or I, I, in that field. Uh, so can you talk about that journey or backtrack a little to you know, when you're in high school and when you were growing up, what kind of things interested you um, either career wise or just um, in general that you thought about you maybe maybe wanted to do? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I always like to talk and I always like to debate. Right. And my mom was like, you should be an attorney. You always like to debate. You always like to talk. And um, not so much argue, but just debate to see, you know, pick people's brains to see their point of view and to maybe try to back it up with facts. <laughs> and so I, when I was in high school, um, I decided that's what I wanted to do. And I only applied to one school in undergrad and went to HBCU, Hampton University. I would say the best school ever, but of course I'm biased. Um, and then um, from there, um, after undergrad, well, during undergrad, I also um, tried to advocate for students with disabilities by co-founding a program where we would mentor um, students with disabilities because we we found that um, a lot of students with disabilities didn't want to, you know, come forward to their professors to tell them about because they think, you know, that they would get um, shamed for it. And so it was a place, a safe space where they could talk and share with, um, with their mentors. It was starting my senior year. So um, I believe I left the impact. Um, but yeah, so after and then after undergrad, um, I got my master's in law with a human resource concentration. And then from there, I went on to law school in Durham, North Carolina. I thought that I wanted to do family law when I was in law school. And so I took a clinic and I, I enjoy, I enjoy family law, but, um, it's very emotional. <laughs> um, 
when dealing with families. And so I took a, a different path. I took the non-traditional route of being an attorney. Um, usually most people think attorneys are always in the courtroom and, you know, taking part of a trial, but there's so many other aspects of being an attorney that people probably don't know about. So I'm more of the behind the scenes of researching and a lot of writing and making decisions on discriminatory cases. Um, I work for a federal agency, so I can't say too much (laughs) about what I do. But I do work I'm not necessarily advocating for those with a disability because I'm supposed to be a neutral party. However, I do take part in a lot of training um, activities where we do train employees um, on discrimination. And that does include individuals with disabilities. And what does it look like? What does discrimination look like and how we can prevent discrimination in the workplace based on one's disability. Um, So I think I am making a difference um, because of, you know, the training. And then also just, you know, hearing the complainants when they bring their cases, although I can't, you know, necessarily fight for them, but I can still, you know, um, give them the best customer service that I can um, and making sure that, um, their com- their claims are are heard and it, they're in, and maybe investigated. So that's awesome. Oh, I think absolutely you're making a difference, and it's a uh, um, and it, it's cool to get that lens. And I know you can't tell um, too much about what you do, but uh, you did mention to me before we were recording that you work from home. So can you talk about that? Like, kind of what um, your schedule is like, and um, I, I know you can't go too in depth, but if you can say what you're able to about kind of your day-to-day um, or or even past experiences working too and kind of how you got to this point. Um, yeah, so um, before, once I graduated from law school and so I'm 2019 and when I got my job, um, I was working DC and I was working was going into the office. This was before, you know, the pandemic and everything happened. So I was going into the office, which is fine. I was able to take the train, use my motorized wheelchair and everything was fine. And if I needed to work from home, um, the agency allowed me to do so, which was really good. Um, So my daily life looked like, you know, waking up really early in the morning. Sometimes my grandma would would help me to, um, you know, get dressed and things like that. So waking up early around like maybe 5 a.m., getting breakfast, taking all my medications, and then going on a train, getting to work, um, doing meetings, working on cases, and then around maybe four o'clock head home. And so when the pandemic hit, you know, everyone had to work from home. So I went back home with my grandma, my mom, and 
my grandma was a big, big, big help during that time because I was, she was cooking for me. She was helping me dress, helping me bathe. And so working from home was just, it was easy, you know, just sitting behind the computer for eight hours um, working on cases. Um, And then I just kind of got used to that. And so it was harder for me to do a lot of things on my own and to go into the office. And so now I'm able to you know, work from home. And that, like I said, that looks like, you know, waking up early, getting breakfast, taking my medication and just sitting behind the computer (laughs) for at least eight, for at least eight hours in meetings. And then after that, you know, um, dinner and yeah. Oh, join the club. I've been doing remote work for five plus years now. So it's a, it's something I, I just become so accustomed to. And I, and I think for um, those of us with disabilities, it adds a lot of flexibility and convenience and um, just makes it easier to conserve our energy for actual work rather than all the logistics of going to an office and commuting and everything else. So it's a, you know, for all the not, I I never want to say, you know, the good thing about the pandemic, but um, the, one of the um, things that come out of it is an increase in, remote work. And I think it has given more disabled people opportunities. And it's something to um, make note of and that I hope employers out there um, will continue to embrace in the future. Yes, me too. Absolutely. Well, Shaniqua, we we will be back in just a minute. If everyone could please listen to one more brief word from our sponsor. This podcast is made possible by Genentech, the makers of a treatment for SMA. If you're living with SMA, the subtle changes that happen from one day to the next can be hard to notice until a key function is lost. Many people find that these changes can impact their life, not just physically, but also emotionally. Since the progression of SMA is relentless, taking action now is important. If you've waited to go on treatment or were told there were no treatments for you, now might be the time to talk to your doctor. Breakthroughs in science have led to more options than ever before in treatment and care. Choosing a disease-modifying treatment can make a difference. Why wait? Visit TreatMySMA.com to see why treatment matters. Okay, so Shaniqua, talking about all this through college, law school, starting your career, uh, has your disability progressed during that time? And because, you know, um, I know you're still ambulatory, you use a chair, um, but you're able to still walk um, and use the chair on more on as needed basis, as I understand. Uh, but throughout all that, you know, how have you managed disability progression? And um, and we'll talk about treatments as well. Um, but managing that and your independence. Yes. So I would say it was around when I started undergrad is when I needed to use like a scooter to get around. Um, I was walking, but long distances became very difficult for me to walk. Um, I had labored breathing and it was just, it was just harder. So I used a motorized wheelchair and then I, everything was maintaining, like until I would say, 
probably my last year of law school, and that's around what 2019. That's when things kind of got, um, I guess, worse for me. I was falling more. And then also mainly was probably because I was stressed more. I was um, eating more. And I know for me, the more weight I have, it seems like it's harder for me to walk. Um, and so I, I was putting on more weight. So I had to, was using my um, wheelchair more and I was falling a lot more and that was really, that was harder for me. Um, as far as I would say uh, my motor functions and my strength, um, that didn't change too much. Um, so, yeah. Um, but now um, I have to walk with assistive devices as a walker. Before, um, I could just, you know, walk just very slowly, you know, without any, like a walker or anything. But now, definitely my um, SMA has progressed and I have to walk with the walker. And um, for like short distances, like around the house. Um, but if it's more long distances, I have to use my motorized wheelchair um, to get around. Definitely. <laughs> and oh, yeah, no, I was going to follow up to that, too, because you admit talked about your grandmother helping you out during law school. And, and now um, you moved back to Virginia. You're living independently. Do you have caregivers with you or what's kind of your situation there? Yeah, so I never really had caregivers. It was more so just like my grandmother and my mother helped me. So now that I, although I do live independently, my grandma does come over every day. Um, she lives uh, up the street, so which is really good. Yeah, she comes over every day. She um, fixes me breakfast. She, you know, washes my clothes. She helps me and anything I need help with. It just depends. Some days I need help with, you know, showering. Some days I don't. Um, it, it just depends. Um, um, she helps do my hair, um, put my hair in a ponytail. Um, she cooks and cleans. <laughs> just anything I really need assistance with. So some days I need help out of the bed. She'll help me out, out of the bed. Um, she'll put on my clothes, my clothes on. She assists us with putting on my shoes. She's a huge help and I'm, I'm so thankful for her. Um, so yeah. That's great. Yeah. I know every person in the community has kind of their own, um, situation, whether it's a family member helping them out or paid caregivers or spouse, whatever it may be. But, um, but that's really cool. You have that relationship and, um, and, and yeah, it's, it's definitely convenient when it's, um, Someone who lives right there down the street that helps yes. a lot. So that's awesome. Yeah, definitely lives lives up, up the street. It's it's a it's a blessing. Um, it really is. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then going back to um, the progression, you know, we we were talking about treatments earlier before we started recording. So can you talk about that and um, your kind of journey there with treatment and um, how that's been? Yes. So um, as I stated earlier, there wasn't a lot of treatment out there. And so I wanted to 
I really didn't focus on buying the treatment. Um, like that was the furthest thing from my mind um, because I was in school for so long, most of my life. <laughs> and so that was mainly my priority. Um, and so I had a friend who, who told me about a drug and she was like, maybe you should try this one out. This seems like it will fit within your schedule. And so I tried it out and I'm taking it to this day and it seems to be helping, it's helping with my, just my strength. I'm able to stand a little bit longer, you know, more because, because I love to cook and um, like standing in the kitchen and cooking, um, that it seems to help with that and just my strength. Um, so I've seen, you know, small changes. And just for clarification for listeners, this is a RISD that you're on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what, so what year did you, did you start it went shortly after it was FDA approved or was it after that? Um, I believe it was after FDA approved. Okay, great. So like, so how long have you been on it about uh, now? So I've been on it since what, October of 2020. Okay. Yeah. So that, that was shortly after the approval. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so yeah. Yes. So I spent so almost two years. That's great. Yeah. So yeah, I mean like, um, and was it, uh, as, you know, from the time you started to now, um, what was kind of the emotional impact, um, it had on you and also, um, and, and you mentioned the physical, um, changes, but, um, but what's it been like, just kind of like emotionally and mentally, you know, uh, starting a treatment like that and, um, and continuing for, uh, for all this time? Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it emotionally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's okay. Some don't, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I really haven't thought about it, I guess, because I'm all, I was always in, I guess, just living mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's just, I mean, I'm grateful that it's it's here and I'm grateful that it's it's helping me um maintain. Um yeah, I haven't really th- I don't think I've thought about it in that. In oh that- <laughs> no, it's totally fine. I asked that question and I always get a range of responses because there are some who are like, you know, sometimes it's parents, sometimes it is um older adults who have been like, you know, waiting for for a long time and they get very overwhelmed. And then others that yeah, have exactly your response where it's just like, we're just kind of living our lives and this comes along and, and it's great. Sure. It helps a lot. But, um, but as far as um, any kind of like um, interruption or massive change in our daily lives, like it doesn't necessarily have that effect and, and that's totally okay. So it's a, mm-hmm. I think it's important to look at it from different perspectives in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. But that's great. Well, um, so yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing all this and, um, uh, wrapping up here. So first off, if you can, I know you've talked about it most of it, if you can talk just a little bit about, um, your daily life, either a weekday or, you know, and also if you talk about, um, things you do for fun and, um, other things you're involved with outside of work. Yeah. Um, so other things that I, I like to do outside of work, I love to spend time with my family. Just the other, yes, uh, was it yesterday? Um, we had like a like a little cookout at a park and we just 
you know, shared fellowship, food and music and dancing. So I really like to do things like that with my family. I'm also in a sorority. It's, um, it is a debutante sorority. I don't know if uh, anybody knows what a debutante is, but it's like normally when you're presented to society with this beautiful white dress. And um, so after, after that, um, we're able to join um, the sorority. So I'm, I participate in that with my sisters. Um, every month we have a meeting where we meet. And then also we just give back to the community um, through different, different things like giving baskets, to needy families during Christmas time and Thanksgiving and the homeless. And yeah, I, I like doing things like that. And, and then I also participate with my church family, um, fellowship with them. And yeah, I mean, I love to cook. And I love to swim. And most, a lot of people probably don't know. I love to swing on the swings in amusement parks. I think it's so much fun. It's very freeing (laughs) to me. Um, So yeah, those are just some of the things I like to do besides work. Um, That's really cool. And also, I just remember too, uh, before we started recording, you told me this story about um, at your church recently, um, uh, a little uh, kind of a, um, icebreaker um, there and something you talked about that you're very passionate about. Can you oh, yeah. talk about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, thank you for reminding me about that. Yeah. Yes. So um, I'm passionate about um, talking with individuals about dating with disabilities. Um, I watch a lot of YouTube videos about dating and I don't see a lot of people talking about dating with a disability. Um, I don't know kind of probably where to start besides just the community and speaking to people I know about how do they feel feel about um, dating with a disability, whether they have a disability or not. Um, it's kind of like a taboo topic where people don't really want to touch. Like when you ask people, um, how do you feel about, you know, dating someone with a disability? They kind of, you know, they like really don't want to talk about it and they, they don't want to be offensive. They don't want to really, you know, tell how they, how they really, how they really feel. Um, and so I just think that if we have more spaces to talk about it and to share our, you know, our story then maybe, let's see, maybe um, it would change people's perspective about dating with individuals with a disability. Um, I know for me, I've um, been able to date. Um, so I just want to share my story and see what, how, what, uh, what other people, what other people think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, I think it's something that is becoming a little less taboo and talked about a little more, but it's still, there are a lot of stigmas about it that are very false. And, um, and yeah, we just need more people 
on social media and um, all over sharing the stories and saying that, you know, we are dateable individuals and um, a disability doesn't have to be a, um, a, uh, I, uh, you know, a deal breaker, you know? And so, right. um, so absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And Janiqua, just, um, last question here, unless uh, there's anything else you want to talk about, but, um, I know you talked about it a little earlier with talking about faith and everything, but is there, um, add, anything you want to add to that or any message you have for people in the SMA community listening to this, um, that you want to share either words of encouragement or advice or anything you have there? Yeah, um, um, see, I always like to share something different <laughs> when I try to give um, encouragement. Um, I know for me, like I said, my faith is really, really important. I think community is really important too. Um, I think that if If you find someone who you trust and you you I think that you should share with them what you're going through. I think that right now um, I'm just I think there is a lot of people who are hurting, who are sad, um, especially after coming out of this pandemic and they feel like they don't have anyone who they can talk to. And they can't uh, express how they truly feel. And just some words of encouragement that um, if you can find someone who you can trust, no matter what it is, tell them how you really feel and tell them how you're doing, what you're doing, because you never know what that um, what another person is going through, too, by just speaking up and, and telling how you feel. Think that's important. I think that um, you know, if you if you need to go to therapy, I think that you know there's something that you you should do. Um, the stigma of going to therapy is is no longer there. Was it maybe still be there, but not as much as it used to be. Uh-huh. So um, I think during this time, that's my encouragement right now at this moment. Because I've, I just I just feel that a lot of people um, are hurting. And so, yeah. So if you can find someone that you can trust, talk to them, share with them what you're going through, go to therapy. Community is important. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's my word for today. <laughs> that's great. I love it. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. And um, and. Yeah, I uh, will uh, link your 31 days of SMA story in the description here. Uh, uh, for listeners out there, Shaniqua contributed to this year's campaign. Is there anywhere else um, people can find you uh, if they want to reach out to you on social media or anything? Um, yes, um, I, uh, my Instagram, I think it's Shaniqua. No, is it? Actually, I have to look up my <laughs> No worries. Hey, I have a different handle for like Twitter and Instagram and I forget too. So, yeah. Um, cause I'm not really, I mean, I'm on social media, but not really. So like I, sure. check, I check just to see if somebody sent me a message because I guess, like you said, if someone wants to reach me and, you know, need help with anything, I'm always here to help in any kind of way. 
Um, so it is Shaniqua underscore Niqua. So that's S-H-A-N-I-Q-U-A underscore N-I-Q-U-A. Perfect. And I'll link it in the description as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, Shaniqua, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on today, for sharing your story, um, giving some great advice. And, um, and yeah, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And for our listeners out there, you can find more stories and conversations like this by subscribing to the SMA News Today podcast. You can also connect with us directly on our forums and follow all our the latest SMA news and perspectives at smanewstoday.com. I'm your host, Kevin Schaefer. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to SMA News Today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. Discover more content that might be of interest to you at www.smanewstoday.com. And be sure to follow us on social media and join our SMA News Today forums, a trusted SMA community ready to welcome you anytime.